This is Brian Bailey from Charlottesville, Virginia, and I'm joined with Mark Sweeney from Windermere, Florida. We are your guides to this episode of In the Hunt. We are going to bring clarity to this complex game of golf and help you reach your next level of performance. So if you're ready to step up your game, join us on the hunt. All right, here we go. Uh, welcome to this week's episode of In the Hunt. This is Brian Bailey. I'm actually um, on vacation. My wife has been very nice to let me talk to everybody today. I'm in Blowing Rock, North Carolina, enjoying a couple days off. Uh, we have Mark Sweeney with us here, and uh, he's in Windermere, Florida, living a boring life. Uh, but Mark, how yeah. you doing? Bored. <laughs> same, same, same as the last four months that we've had this conversation. Um, I understand. You know, the only the only upside is that people are starting to play tournaments. The juniors are playing. The women haven't quite gotten back out there, but they're getting close. Um, but at least there's some pro golf going on, so I can watch tournaments and get involved with that a little bit. Whereas before, there was nothing. That's right, and I I do want to let everyone know that I did play he's an LPGA player with my son last week, and I did finish second. My plan worked perfectly. I gave my son really bad swim thoughts. He he tumbled <laughs> away, and then uh, 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 the player's husband uh, didn't have his best day, so I finished second. Um, cruising right through, so that was a good day for me. <laughs> That's pretty good. I haven't played. I haven't played golf in like a year. Ah man, I've uh, my son's just started to fall in love with the game. Um, so I'm out there. We try to go at least once a week. Now we're gonna try to push it to twice a week. I think we're getting ready to join a club up in uh, the Charlottesville area to get as much golfing as we can. So uh, I highly recommend uh, as a, as an adult, as a parent. Get your kids into golf. You could go play lots of golf. This is the yeah, most golf I've played. Do. <laughs> this is the most golf I've played in probably twelve years. Um, <laughs> I like like Mark. I played maybe two times a year, so this has been a lot of fun. But um, so uh, let's talk about this week. Um, we're we're kind of talking about Bryson DeChambeau is is the rage right now. I think it's a he's a marketing genius, throwing on forty pounds in eight months and becoming the incredible Hulk of golf. When nobody has anything to talk about in sports other than what Bryson DeChambeau is doing, so on the marketing side, I give a tip of the cap or the tip of the cango to him uh, for, ah. for a marketing win. Um, but but kind of you know this this kind of brings up a, a big point that a lot of people talk about, and you and you hear people telling their their belief on kind of the uh, bomb and gouge versus lay it back and being in the fairway. So so I think uh, what what we're really going to look at in this episode is talking about which is correct or are they both correct or neither or or what method works best and i'm going to turn this over to mark mainly today because i'm on vacation so mark what what is some of this research showed us that's not well what kind of prompted this is i read an article that the pga tour had out there um you know talking about shot link and how you can get the answers to all these and how sam sneed had said he'd rather be you know have a wedge from the rough than a five iron from the fairway and you know shot link gives us the ability to get the answers um, you know, and I don't really love that quote because he's not talking about a wedge from the, the rough versus a nine iron from the fairway. He's talking about a wedge from the rough versus a five iron. So he's talking about a pretty big distance gap between the fairway and the rough. Um, and so, so it made me say, okay, well, let's, let's figure out what the answer is. You know, there's no question that um, the, there's a, pos- a very positive correlation between driving distance and money one. Um, you know, on average, people who hit it in the farther, the longer distances um, make more money. It doesn't mean you're guaranteed to make more money because there are some people up in the 320 range who make nothing. 
you know, and there's people down in the 280 range who make a decent living, make a couple couple million bucks, not many, um, but it can't happen obviously on a case by case basis. But there's there's no question that if you graph how far a player hits it um, versus their money, it's a very steep um, logarithmic curve uh, that goes in in favor of the longer players. So that's also gotten people starting to hit a lot longer. So the question is, um, how does the dynamics work of that? You know, is you know, let's just start off with: is it better to be in the rough or the fairway? Um, and is there a break-even point where you know the rough at a certain yardage is equal to the fairway at a certain yardage? Um, and so I ran those numbers, and and the very first thing uh, to understand is what what the PJ Tour calls the intermediate rough, which is the first cut. Um, has almost the same scoring average as the fairway by distance, meaning there's really hardly any penalty by being in the first cut versus the fairway. It's very, very slight. But if you compare fairway versus um, primary rough, which is their kind of three-inch deep, you know, the real stuff, um, first of all, no matter how far you're coming in from, there's everything from the rough averages over par. doesn't matter if you're 80 yards out, 50 yards out, 150 yards out, everything averages over par. Whereas from the fairway, everything average, averages under par till you get to about 180 yards. So in other words, from the fairway, from kind of anything less than 180 in, averages below par. Um, and everything total averages above par from the rough. So right off the bat, it's saying you're dramatically better in the fairway than in the rough. You know, across the board, you're dramatically better. Um, but then the question is, okay, well, is, is there a break even? So if we look at when players start to average over par from the fairway that happens at about 180 yards, you know, to kind of, kind of 200 yard range. Um, and that's about the same scoring average from the rough at like a hundred to 130 yards. So in other words, 130 to, you know, hundred to 130 yards in the rough scores about the same as 200 from the fairway. All right. So there's, there's kind of, you know, a 70 to a hundred yard gap where you're better off in the fairway than you are in the rough, which I think a lot of people would, would not expect it to be that long, but, but it is statistically. Um, what do you think about that? No, I think that's fascinating. Um, I guess, I guess the question inside of game for it, I don't know if you looked at this is um, do those numbers, what do their IPs do? Did we see a, a IP change from rough to, from that distance, I know we're talking general scoring, so we can kind of predict what the IP ring would do. But I think that would be a, kind of a fascinating kind of game forward side of it is is what that does. But that but that goes to show you that the the Brian Gaze of the world that don't hit it, you know, three forty, um, the Jim Furyks and even the Steve Strickers, you see those guys kind of you know week in week out on a lot of scoreboards. So uh, definitely makes sense that you don't have to bomb it, but I don't think I would have believed that um, 200 to basically 120-ish or almost equals. That's not the way it is portrayed on television. Well, no, not at all. You know, and I did look at greens, you know, how many greens you hit in the rough versus the fairway. And if you look side by side from the same yardage, uh, it's double. You hit double twice as many greens from the fairway as the rough. So, for instance, at 100 yards, they're hitting 81% of greens from the fairway and only 43% from the rough. From 200 yards, they're hitting 60% from the fairway and 27% from the rough. So there's a dramatic difference how many greens in regulation, and then you can kind of drill down from there into in positions, uh, which we can do at some point. But there's a huge difference in just hitting the green from the fairway versus the rough at each distance. <clears throat> and so the issue is, you know, statistically it says 
you're, you know, you're, you're better in, in typical situations. So how many yards, when a player goes to add yardage to their, to their um, distance, he goes to hit it farther. On average, they're only getting up to about 10 yards farther. It's very rare that you get Bryson hitting it 20 or 30 yards longer. That's kind of unheard of. Um, but on average, you see a gain of, you know, 10 yards or less. So the issue there is really in the real world, you know, should I hit it 290 in the fairway or should I hit it, you know, 300 and have have a higher percentage in the rough or not? And the, and the answer is, well, how much more often are you going to hit in the rough if you hit it longer? You know, what we saw with Bryson, he's hitting it dramatically longer, but he's still hitting a lot of fairways. He's still hitting almost the same number, if not more, fairways. Um, whereas other players we've seen get longer and suddenly they, they really drop off really dramatically in how many fairways they're hitting. Um, and so the interesting analysis that I did on that was basically five, 10 extra yards of fairway has about the same improvement of score as um, five extra percent of, of uh, driving accuracy. So in other words, if you go from 65 percent driving accuracy 70 percent driving accuracy it's about the same improvement of score as if you're 10 yards longer so what does that mean that means if i hit it 10 yards longer but lose more than five percent of accuracy i'm actually it's actually a net negative i'm actually going backwards so what you really have to watch for these players who are adding adding driving distance is they can't lose more than five percent of driving accuracy per 10 yards of extra distance they get otherwise it's a net negative on their score no i think that's fascinating i know um, being a collegiate coach for a long time, a lot of players, we searched for distance and some we were able to find. But I think kind of what you said is I think we got so involved in trying to find that extra yardage that their ability to hit fairways decayed. And, that, and part of our brain as well, if we can hit it farther, it's not that big a deal. But the data kind of shows you that um, we might not have made the right choice uh, a decade ago on on chasing distance per se so i think this gives you a, a, a basically a fork in the road with a player if we're hitting at a certain distance you know before we chase the 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 distance you know rabbit hole you know maybe what we can do is we can add a little bit of better uh quality of fairway and maybe that gives us enough for you to be able to compete at, at the level you want to achieve at opposed to saying hey you've got to not worry about this and maybe go try to find 20 yards or you know eat 4,500 calories in a day and, and see what happens as, as a training model. So <laughs> I think, I think, I think this is a fascinating way of looking at it. Like I said, the conventional wisdom right now in golf is definitely bomb and gouge. Um, and, you know, I think like a lot of things in golf, I think that might be true or at least that, that, that premise might be true the way people think of it, but it might not really get your player better. And again, if the data is showing us it's going a different way, you know, like I said, now we're at a crossroads as a coach. Do I have a player? I guess the number one question is, does he hit it far enough? Has to be the number one question. If the player's hitting it far enough, maybe you can get them to their, to their next level just by improving the, the hitting more fairways opposed to actually trying to find 20 more yards or 10 more yards. Uh, definitely would be something to think about as a coach. Yeah, and, you know, Bryson's an interesting example because this season he's gained 20 yards of distance, but he's only lost 4% of, of driving accuracy. So, so that's a net positive. Um, yeah. You know, he's lost accuracy, which we would predict by hitting it longer, but it's only 4%, you know, and, and the rule is 5% per 10 yards. He's lost 4% over 20 yards. So that is a yeah. net positive for him. 
you know, whereas we could probably find some, some other people who gained distance, um, who had a net loss of driving accuracy and you can see their average score uh, got worse. Yeah. I'm, I first started um, getting in the performance side. We did a, a scatter graph and it showed basically everybody that gained and lost yardages and then money gain. And then basically over a period of time and, you know, there was one or two outliers on either direction, but most people are who they are and they don't make a lot of changes, no big changes. So I think again, that I think there's a pretty good misconception of saying what a player needs, you know, by gaining distance, a player is going to gain X. Well, as we've learned in golf, it's a much more minutia in that it's just not X, it's X plus the tree that breaks out of X that you've got to be able to perform at to, to achieve that, that, that gain. So uh, I guess the, uh, for all the track man guys and gals out there, just be careful on searching for that extra 10 yards. You know, you might be able to get them to get it, but again, has to go back into performance. Is it getting us to where we want to play? Is it getting into that number where I'm going to make a living off of it? If that's my goal or if I'm going to play collegiate golf or whatever, uh, be careful on chasing that, that, that white rabbit of, of 30 yards of distance and changing in player's entire game, you know, in a matter of five range sessions. Yeah, I mean, we um we we did the study for the uh for the webinar we did back in May which basically said um you know, on average how much distance do people gain or lose on tour year over year and on average they were gaining but I don't think anybody had gained more than 10 yards year over year. Um I think that was kind of the max and you ha you had some that lost yardage, a lot stayed the same, some gained 5 yards, some gained up to 10 yards, but that was that's kind of where it was at. Um, now the, the thing to keep in mind on this is when we talk about par fives, you know, if we go back to that kind of 70 to hundred yard range, if somebody says, well, am I better off in the fairway of the hundred yards or in the primary rough 30 yards from the green? Um, the answer there where you get in the rough much, much closer to the green is you're better off in the rough at 30 yards than you are in the fairway at hundred yards. You know, that's why we see so many people playing the hit it up as far as possible to get your par five scoring as low as possible. Cause once you get inside that kind of 30 yards around the green, um, you, you are, it's such a short shot. Uh, even though it's in the rough, you're actually ending with a net lower score. Um, but that would not be the case if you're 70 yards in the rough versus hundred yards on the fairway, you'd be better off on the fairway yeah. at that point. Well, maybe that's, maybe that's the misconception of the, of the bombing guy, you know, again, the quote set of five iron, but maybe that's the maybe that's the misunderstanding of the two is the fact that um, you know maybe when we, people think of bomb and gouge they think of par fives they think of their you know go forwards getting inside of thirty yards and the player being able to to uh, achieve that that goal of hitting it closer from thirty yards so maybe again maybe the bomb and gouge is it's it's correct if you can drive it within thirty yards or your go forwards but if like I said if you're you're not in that zone. There's definitely a risk of proximity to a pin uh, by hitting the rough if you if it's not a true go for it. So so maybe we can give a, a, a I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and thinking they're thinking par five scoring uh, for yeah. bombing couch. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. And you know if it's you know drive a drive a short par four 20 yards to the green anywhere. Yeah, you're better off than than hitting a you know an iron off the tee and coming in from a hundred. Um, but we also see in the stats on the par fives, there's a big gap in performance, kind of 40 to 80 yards. Um, we don't see very good performance from there, you know, and that's where, yes, you are might be better off at 100 yards of the fairway, 
laying up than 60 yards in the rough or 50 yards in the rough, but that disappears by kind of 30 yards or so. So, so I kind of like where this is going and I'm just trying to think, I know in a past seminar we did with uh, talking distances, what, what was the, if you can recall off, offhand, um, we kind of said PGA, like what was the best club speed number that kind of matched that imposition number? What, was it right around 115, 120? Was yeah, I think it was one one ten to one twenty, kind of favoring one fifteen to one twenty is where we got the highest peak in in positions, and then it started to grade after that. Yeah, so so again, I think here's a you know thinking if if I want to play professionally, if I'm coaching players that are going to become professional or professional, what you know I think I've I've always heard the benefit swing speed, but again, I think to me it's what what minimum standard do I need to hit to be able to compete? Where is this not going to be a negative? So club head speed wise, if you can get players swinging one ten to one twenty, they've got what it takes. You know, yeah, it's kind of ideal. Kind of yeah. starting at one ten, you know, you're you're really in the hunt at at one ten for sure. And again, I think this would be your your crossroads for a professional coach and a professional player. Is I'm at this number. Is it worth me trying to get to one fifteen, one twenty, one twenty five, or is it the fact that you know again I'm hitting 68% of my fairways, maybe I can get that to 72. And that'll have the same benefit of me picking up a couple miles per hour. So again, I think, you know, a lot of times is, is we go after outliers. We go after the, the DeChambeau's or the Rory's that just do that part of the game so spectacular. And then I try to take my game to that level, which, you know, maybe that's not the level I need to be at to be able to compete and play at whatever level I'm trying to compete at. So I think this is a good, uh, warning, um, and this is kind of what I've learned over time with coaching, is when we chase something that maybe you're not, that might not be your best avenue to get better. Um, so, again, just kind of yeah. starting to think, um, I need to figure out, and I think that's kind of what GameForge does, is, is here's where I am, here's my goals, and now let's figure out how to get there. We don't say you need to have the swing speed or you have to do, you know, you have to move this way or move this component. It just says, hey, here's where you're lacking. Let's go figure it out. So, again, I think that that dialogue, and I think as a player, that's a dialogue that you need to go with your coach um, and just make sure that you guys are on the right path to, to achieve where you want to go and not, again, just chasing a number because I, I imagine um, gyms are going to be filled up with a lot of young guys yeah. <laughs> putting on a lot of bulk right now trying to do what DeChambeau does, and there might not be another guy that does that for another 20 years. Um, I've so even games. I've even heard heard a lot of the uh, the women golfers starting to do the same thing and starting to drink a ton of protein. But you know, I know I know a lot of people in college. They work out all four years in college, and they only put on a couple pounds of muscle. Yeah, right. <laughs> even no, after all four years, they're not getting huge. Yeah, no, you know, it's like telling somebody to to to, to turn their hips like Rory or Tiger. I've never been able to move my hips ever like that so yeah that would have been a bad decision for me to try to hit a golf ball that way but i, yeah, I think same. again it's just yeah again i think it's just starting to understand that that golf is you know i think when we listen to you know different broadcasters or read different materials you got to be careful that, that you know somebody's portraying something in a light and again that light can fix some people and help some people but it can be just as detrimental to another group um, so just be careful, like I said, chasing distance. I know as a coach collegiately, we made a couple of mistakes chasing 
distance for players and really kind of did damage. Um, I know one player we had, um, she was did have a great swing, um, had the will to get it in the hole, chipped and putt really well, and became one of our best players on our team. We brought in a really good recruit that did everything right, and it was just a machine. And she actually changed the mindset of our best player on our team that just figured out how to get in the hole. And she went and tried to chase the best swing and more distance. And by her senior season, we lost. Like, she was done for us. So we had, so the beauty is inside of our team, we had a player that kind of just kind of dismantled the, the belief process of a, of a player. They tried to change to become more like them and just couldn't do it. Um, so yeah. there's definitely things to be learned out there by chasing down distance. Well, we, we, there's plenty of stories on the PGA Tour of people chasing distance and then couldn't hit the side of a barn, either side of the barn off the tee box. Um, you know, so if you're going, if you're going to do it, make sure you're maintaining your accuracy pretty well. If you start chasing distance and you lose more than 5% of driving accuracy, you're going the wrong direction. You need to stop and, uh, pump the brakes and go back the other direction. Um, you know, there's always, there's always exceptions like Tiger was famous for, you know, at one point he had very high driving accuracy, um, and then it degraded pretty badly, but he was still able to hit a lot of greens, even with very low driving accuracy. So he had the strength and the ability to hit it out of the rough um, and hit a ton of greens from, from the rough, but not everybody can do that. You know, a lot of people can't do it. So if you can, yeah, it's a great advantage, but it's, it's, it's you know, the exception rather than the rule. Yeah, there's not too many guys that are going to make it around Augusta and hit uh, like – four or five fairways and shoot 64 uh, that just doesn't happen you know yeah. <laughs> there's not too many that are going to do that so no um no. <laughs> yeah no. so so i think again to me this is just a really fascinating look at the numbers what, what is real and what is perceived and we all know in golf a lot of times what's perceived and what's real um you, you see it with your players if you're a full swing coach I feel this is happening. I'm I'm coming over the top and you show on video and they're way under the line and they're doing something. So again, that, that feeling real uh, concept doesn't just stop on the range. It actually carries over um, in a lot of belief processes. And, and that kind of, you know, we talked about with par five scoring with a lot of college teams as well. A lot of teams, you know, kind of had the mindset of laying back at a hundred or laying back to a certain yardage. And we said, that, well, the number one rule is if you're going to lay up, you better hit the fairway. You better not put it in a hazard. Yeah, but, you know, so <laughs> the worst thing you can do is lay up anywhere other than the fairway. <laughs> exactly. Or, you know, for the, some of the teams that we really spend a lot of time and work with is we convince them go forwards are important because at 30 yards in the rough, again, taking the, the, the story of the numbers, that what they tell us that we've learned and apply that to your game to kind of reach your next level, opposed to just saying, you know, this is what I've heard, or this is the belief system. So again, I, I think if you ground yourself in truth, you got a really good chance of creating something and creating a belief system and a model that, that is completely different. If you ground yourself into what you read in a magazine or heard from a guy stacking a pyramid of balls at a tournament, uh, just be careful. It could be a false prophet. Yeah, I actually had this, this conversation with my nephew yesterday. He said, hey, I got a question. Have you ever heard of this? so-and-so pro and I go yeah I've heard of him and he goes um well I've been watching a bunch of YouTube videos and you know um should I take his advice I go well what what advice are we talking about and he, and he said well he showed me some cool things you know with chipping you know with an eight iron to bump and run I'm like yeah that's fine and he goes but he also he it, but the tip is also that I should use a different grip that I'm using now 
should I change my grip? And I'm like, now you're, now you're, now you're getting in a dangerous territory, buddy. <laughs> I go, you don't just change your grip because of a YouTube video. I go, it has a lot of things functioning, you know, play into what your grip should be, you know, for your, for your driver and your irons. And don't just change that because the YouTube video says you should. <laughs> He's like, okay, yeah, good. he goes, I tried it and it didn't work. I'm like, well, you didn't have to ask me then if you know the answer. <laughs> I just wanted clarification, make sure I was right. Uh, yeah. No, I think, again, that's always the danger. It's, it, it's, it's making sure, again, but it's hard to find the right information. Um, you know, part of the reason Mark and I created Game Forge is we were tired of, of running into different information and trying to perceive what was true and what was not. And that kind of set us on our journey inside of Game Forge to create something a little bit different. Um, but again, I think, yeah, um, I, I, trust me, like I said, being a collegiate golfer on the women's side, we had girls that bombed it. We had ones that didn't bomb it and we had the players that didn't bomb it would shoot better than the bomb, you know? So again, I think that's a, I think again, if, if your holy quest is to be able to bomb it, I think you just need to switch out of golf and go into long driving. I think, you know, yeah. I think that model is perfect for that. And uh, well, you don't see many long drivers playing on the PGA Tour, do you? No. Zero. Uh, <laughs> Zero. Because even, even as long as Bryson is, he ain't those boys. <laughs> you oh, know? They, they're, yeah. they're still 100 yards longer than he is, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, he, he's not those boys. But, again, they can't hit the shots and do the things that he does. But, again, I, I think that's the danger of, of the, the concept of always chasing distance. You know, I, I think to me it is – and again, this is kind of a model we talked about when we first started Game Forge and we started tracking in positions is people say, well, how far is far enough? Well, we say tour-wise, 115 swing speed, or really where that means is, you know, if I'm a junior, if I'm a junior, do I swing it far, do I hit far enough, swing fast enough that I can have 50% of my shots into greens end up in position? You know, the greens that I hit, 50% of those, are they in position? That's kind of giving you the concept. Do you play far enough? If you don't hit that number, you know, if, if I'm, you know, if I'm hitting 12, 10 greens and I'm only hitting two in positions, probably coming from the fact that you're hitting it out of rough, which we talked about earlier, or you're hitting them from a much longer distance in. So maybe that, that quest for distance is important. So I, again, I think the beauty of game forge is we throw what is distance, you know, how far do I have to hit it? Well, can I start hitting these numbers? Am I hitting enough greens and enough, enough 50% of those in positions or not? That tells me if I'm hitting it far. Like, I can compete now. Um, so I think that's another – I've never heard that spoken um, before we started Game Forge and talking in positions of how yeah, far – I never did either. Hit it. And, and yeah, to me, I that's mean, a great concept. Yeah, go ahead, Mark. Yeah, yeah, I, no question. Can you, you know, you can be shorter if you're more accurate with your irons. You know, that works. And I've seen people do that before. You know, on PJ Tour, it's looking like uh, it's looking like you need to kind of get up to 290 now to really be competitive. There are people at 280, in the 280s that are competitive, but they're starting to evaporate. I think below 280, um, you're going to have a real, real, real hard time on PJ Tour. And I, that number just keeps seeming to climb a little bit higher and a little bit higher. Um, women, I think, you can compete at 240, 245, no problem. Yeah. But, but to me, again, that's a concept again, let's say like, like you said, my son's 12, he's just starting to play golf. So I'm trying to figure out where can I put him on tee boxes 
to give him a challenge, but not be not be brutal, like where he can't succeed. And but but don't put him at a distance that he you know that he just is chipping the entire time. So again, my concept is I kind of know his distances. I kind of try to lay out pars based off of what he should have in and what I would imagine his approach shot looking like. So again, I think you know again I think the kind of way we come at it from Game Forge is we say performance force. What are you scoring? And then let's backtrack out and figure out why. So, again, you know, let's look at where you're scoring, what your goal is, and let's backtrack out. And, again, the question is, do I hit it far enough? You know, roughly, again, if you're you're hitting that quality of green at least 50%, um, you're hitting it far enough. Now it's let's get into the weeds inside of your, your performance matrix and figure out where you're good, where you're weak. And maybe, again, maybe the distance might give me a, a, a tenth of a shot. But, again, if I'm only converting – eight percent in my in position zone inside of putting well there's a big chunk there that i can i can peel big off a chunk. whole lot better it's yeah. a whole lot better and more efficiently than i can by gaining a little bit of distance and and again i, I think for a coach that that puts a little pressure on a coach because if i'm a full swing coach i want to teach full swing you know maybe i'm not super comfortable at getting a player better in another area but you know maybe that's the conversation you have to sit down and go hey maybe we'll find you a some more help or let's let's do this together and figure out how to get there but again i think understanding the whole pie understanding the the entire system is is a much better way driving accuracy driving distance is important we talked about it how that especially on the tour level getting it far is important um, i don't think bryson would have put on 40 pounds or and tried not to hit it further if it wasn't important but again it's understanding those concepts is it getting me to my performance goal and to bryson's credit he put on weight He's hitting it further, and his impositions have gone up. Yeah, his IPs have Check. gone up, no question. Yeah. His, his accuracy Check. suffered a little tiny bit, but yeah, it's a net gain in impositions. Yeah. And like we always say, when he when he puts well, then he's going to beat you. Yeah. You know, when, the, when that there day was, comes, which yeah. he did last week, he's going to beat you because he's got more opportunities, and he's converting at the, the right amount. It's just he's going to beat you. So to you me, know, or anybody else Check. who does the same thing on any given week. Check to Bryson. His, his gains in distance didn't become a net negative. It was actually a positive, and it's actually gotten him more in position, and it's allowed him to score better. It was interesting. There, there, was, there was a round last week, and I can't remember just off the top of my head. I have to go back and dig it up. But there was a round last week where his, his accuracy um, was fairly low, I think down in the 50% range. Um, mm -hmm. and, and he, and it was, I think it was his worst round of the week, but it, but it was all about his accuracy. He was just, he was just in the rough behind trees too often. And so the distance wasn't helping him there because he wasn't keeping it in play. Yeah. So, but again, like I said, I think, you know, I think the neat part of Bryson is he's an outlier. Um, well, you, well, you know, you watch Bryson, he's definitely yeah. an outlier. For the moment, um, we'll, so we'll again, see if it, it, we'll see if it maintains. Well, that's, that'll be the fascinating thing. Can he maintain it for the rest of the year? You know, without injury, without degrading his accuracy, just what, you exactly. know, where are we going to be at? But, uh, yeah, so I, I think that's, uh, like I said, I think I think for a lot of coaches and a lot of players listening to this um, podcast, this is probably a conversation that you haven't heard before, not inside of this context. So, again, we're just trying to bring you better information to become better golfers. That's really, really our goal in well, as we say in Game Forge, we want to bring clarity to the game, this complex game of golf. And that's yeah. really, as we learn stuff, we want to get that out to you. We don't want to hoard. Uh, we want you to have the information to become the best player or the best coach you can be. 
And I think, again, um, this distance one is, is, a, is a minefield. Uh, but, again, distance does work. You know, don't – context is everything. We're not saying distance is not important. I'm going to throw that caveat out there. But, again, it's we can't gain distance and lose accuracy. We can't gain distance. And if we gain distance and our score is not changing, that's not the component that we needed to fix. Um, you know, I, I, one of the best – when I first got into college coaching, uh, I'll never forget this. We had an All-American playing at the University of Virginia. Um, she told me she was putting terrible. All I got to do is I'm just going to hit it closer because if I hit it closer, I got to be able to make the putt. Well, so she played really bad. She made that comment. The next morning she went out, and I think three of the first four holes, she hit it within eight feet for birdie. Missed all, missed of, all of them. Missed all of them. Yeah. And I'm like – I. but, again, me as a coach, I'm thinking the psychology of the player. Like she is completely destroyed right now because her belief system was I just got to hit it close and I'll be fine. But she hit it extremely close, basically three or four holes in a row and missed it. And we we're just like, well, she's not going to play well today. <laughs> and she did. Yeah. Um, fried. Again, Brain I mean, fried. Yeah. That that concept of you know you know they will be careful what you wish for because she actually got it. Um, but but again, understanding that distance is again an important component. Uh, but again, I don't think it's you know the 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 TV, the industry, the magazines. You know every every golf magazine I've ever read in my entire life is pick up twenty yards tomorrow with this super secret move, or this new yeah. piece of technology, right. or this or that. You know because we all want to hit it farther. We all want to compete. Uh, we all want that component. Um, but again, you got to be careful. You know there's snake oil salesmen all throughout every business in the world. And I think golf has a couple here or there. <laughs> well, I, and I hate to say it cause it's sad, but, but we've all seen players go to, go to new coaches, go down a rabbit hole and just been destroyed. Like I've seen juniors who are good juniors change coaches. And a year later they, they quit golf. I mean, really good juniors, you know, like shooting 60s every time they go out. And a year, year and a half later, like you can't even find them anywhere. They're just gone. Um, and we, ha I hate to see that. I think everybody hates to see that. But you do have to be careful. Yeah. And, and again, it goes back to you got to know you. You got to know your system. You got to know what you do. Um, protect what you do great. Get it better. Benchmark it. Keep building off of it. Improve where you can. But you, you can't give up your core. Whatever your core is, a player, you got to keep that, protect that, and grow that. And, and then again, it. and track it. Well, make sure you're not going you the wrong direction and not realize it. And, and don't. That's the only and, way. You and can be do very it, careful though. if your coach says it's fine. Eventually, we'll get there. A year from now, we'll get there. Eighteen That's months right. from now, we'll get there. <laughs> I know you're going yeah. backwards right now, but we'll get there in eighteen months. It's like, yeah. but I'm not worried about that. We can pick up five more yards. I'm not worried about this part slipping. That'll absorb it. Nah, maybe not. Uh, but, yeah. but again, it, to me, it's, it's a good way of, it's a different way of thinking. Um, and, and like I said, the, the best coach in the world is you, if, if you're a player, um, know you, be you challenge your coaches. I love my players to challenge me. Um, I'm going to challenge them right back. Know you. <laughs> and again, if, if you understand that, uh, the, the coaching player relationship is much healthier. Um, anytime you have a relationship where one person controls either side of it, it's not a very good relationship. Uh, I guess it'd be the opposite of a relationship. Um, <laughs> but again, just kind of understanding that that concept of important. And again, you know, if I hit it far enough, it's okay. You can compete. You know, 
I think that goes back to uh, um, McCabe. He always talked about being good. Were you good enough to score today? You know, good did enough. you hit it far enough? It's good enough. You know, I can keep from there. I think a lot of times we chase wrong. We chase wrong components. We chase pieces that that are getting us better, but maybe not enough. So uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and get this thing to wind down, so I can enjoy the rest of my vacation. Yeah, um, so go back to whatever you're doing. Hey, we've been hiking. Uh, we got some golfing. We're up here in the western part of the states. We went Corona. We went as Corona free as we could get. We're in the middle of the woods on the side of a mountain. Um, just a family, so it's been great. Nice. I need a. I need a vacation. We we've been put up as a family since March sixth, I think. Well, we were supposed think- to this week. No, not this week. Um. Friday, Monday, we were supposed to go up to like Placid, uh, upstate New York yeah. for a week. And we got killed on that because New York is quarantining Florida. Floridians. And if they catch you, yeah, if they catch you, it's a $2,000 fine per person. You know, so we get pulled over, get a speeding ticket, and they find out we're not quarantining uh, or whatever. It's get real expensive real quick. So we're not going. All right, Mark, don't tell anybody. This is between you and me. New York's government's not that efficient. I think you'd be safe. <laughs> Come on. How can you That's say that? That's just us. <laughs> That's just us. <laughs> Anybody listen from New York? Just sorry. I should have gave you a warning. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark. Any, any closing thoughts here on distance and, and what it takes and uh, the bomb and gouge? Maybe do you have a, a definitive yes, no? Is bomb and gouge the way to go? Well, it, you know, it's if you think you can go 20 yards longer, but you're always in the rough versus 20 yards in the fairway, the stats would say, no, you're wrong. Um, if you could be 20 yards longer and in the rough slightly more often, you know, like a few percentage points more often, then the stats would say yes. So it's really, it's really a balance. Can you, can you hit it farther but still maintain a certain number of uh, shots in from the fairway from a closer proximity? Um, rather than just sticking them all in the rough behind trees and all over the place. Um, so be careful. I know that's a very popular saying out there, but it's, it's not totally what it sounds like. It doesn't mean just bang it up there all over the golf course and you're going to play better. Yeah, I think that well said. I, I'm not even going to try to add to that. I want to appreciate everybody uh, that had come in and listened to uh, In the Hunt. I apologize for the delay in this. That was completely on me. I've been traveling with the family and trying to get a time. Uh, in a cabin where the internet is a little bit worse than at my own house, so that makes me feel a little bit. That better. makes it. That um, makes it really bad. <laughs> uh, it does make it really bad. But but again, I, I, we appreciate everybody. Uh, keep the positive comments coming in. Uh, inside the in the hunt and game forwards, I probably get five to ten people commenting and asking about future podcasts and, and some information that way. Um, so just keep sending that in. We'll do our best on trying to get that into the into the program. I want to appreciate everybody for joining the hunt, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you. Thank you. Perfect. How long was that? <laughs>